Good afternoon. This is producer Christoph, also known as Christoph Mergerson. This is another edition of Crosstown Conversations on WBOK 1230. Thanks for joining us. Gene is out today, but we're going to keep the trains rolling on time. We've got a great show for you today. We've got three guests lined up. First, we're going to hear Brian Lee, who is the Director of Place and Civic Design for the Arts Council of New Orleans. He's going to let us know what's going on with the Arts Council. They've got some great things going on. Linda Pompa, Executive Director of O.C. Haley Merchants and Business Association, will join us around 2.20 um, to tell us about some great things that are going on, O.C. Haley, with the First Friday events that are coming up. And we're going to end the hour by talking with Jeanette Bone, who is the owner of the Boyd Satellite Gallery. She's going to let us know about Jammin' on Julia. Got a busy weekend ahead, a lot of fun things going on. You know the number, 504-260-9265, if you want to chime in with a question or comment. We're going to be joined by Brian Lee shortly, um, but to give you a little background on myself, one of the things I do is I help to manage marketing for the Birdfoot Festival, um, which you may have heard of. It's a festival that runs the last week of May from the 23rd to the 28th. Um, throughout various locations here in New Orleans, and it's a chamber music festival. So if you want to learn more information about that, you want to go to birdfootfestival.org. Well, a lot of things that are going on right now. Um, in addition, I don't know if you've seen the news lately, but you're probably aware by now that Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. And if you're a person of a certain age, you recall Donald Trump back in the day, maybe in the 80s, maybe as far back as the 70s. That's a little bit before my time, but I certainly remember uh, Donald Trump in the tabloids. And the thought that Donald Trump is going to be the likely nominee of the Republican Party, regardless of how you feel about his politics, it's definitely something that I did not foresee, and it's probably something that a lot of people, Republicans included, did not foresee. And... You know, I don't know if you saw the White House Correspondents' Dinner over the weekend, but one of the things one of the things that President Obama chastised the press about was spending so much time on Donald Trump. And I do think it's fair to spend some time on Trump because he's the likely nominee of one of our major parties. He has, you know, a shot to be the president of the United States. You have to cover that. But I think how you cover Donald Trump matters as well. How you frame discussion around Donald Trump. And so one of the things we can talk about, if you want to call in on 504-260-9265, are, one of the things we can talk about is what issues would you like the media to have covered besides a lot of the tabloid nature of things surrounding Donald Trump. We've heard a lot about his fingers. We've heard a lot about his hair. We've heard a lot of things about Donald Trump. But what things would you like the media to cover aside from the tabloid aspects of Donald Trump. So we can have that conversation. You may have seen uh, that Ted Cruz and obviously dropped out. John Kasich obviously dropped out. They were going to stay in it to the end, but I guess not. So those are things that we can talk about. But right now we have Brian Lee on the line. He's the Director of Place and Civic Design for the Arts Council of New Orleans. And hey. 
Let's go ahead and talk to him. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thanks for joining us. And uh, a lot of folks in the city are, are obviously aware of what the Arts Council of New Orleans does. But for um, our listeners who may not have the benefit of being familiar with your organization, will you give us a quick pitch on what the purpose of the Arts Council is? Yeah, so our job is, so our, our basic mission is that art transforms communities. And so we do that through various ways, right? So we have a place uh, and civic design department. We have an artist department, artist services department, um, and we have a people department. And so through, through those three um, uh, departments, we actually start to, to speak to how artists engage and interact within, within uh, New Orleans community at large, how we can support those artists in those efforts, how people interact with the arts of the city, because honestly, the, the art of this city is what, what drives it, right? It is right. The, the kind of cultural grounding of, of what we are as a, as a city. And, and then finally, the Place and Civic Design Department, which really states that architecture and art have a symbiotic relationship, and we should be, really be thinking about how we interact with public art in public spaces, uh, and that's truly significant in, to, in terms of the overall uh, viability and value of, of our neighborhoods and our communities at large. So the Arts Council itself tries to string across all of those that art really can transform communities. Before we get into what the Arts Council is involved in, you mentioned these uh, uh, public art in New Orleans. What are your, some of your favorite public art pieces in New Orleans? I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm a, let's say I'm, <laughs> I'm visiting New Orleans or, or, or maybe even I live in New Orleans and I'm not aware of some of the great public art pieces that are out there to be enjoyed. Give us a little, um, give us some recommendations. What are some of your favorite public art pieces in the city? So there's a, there's a, a piece by John Scott um, that is, oh, it's up Elysian Fields, and it's, it's, um, it's a, a big greenhouse that's been uplifted uh, about 10 feet off the ground, and it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. And John Scott actually has, has some of the, the best pieces. He's a a MacArthur Award winner here in the city, hmm. and has done some tremendous pieces across the city, uh, and just hyper prolific, and so from painting to to, to sculptures. Um, but that particular house is is really really beautiful. There's another piece called the Scrap House that is down across from from uh, from the convention center, uh, which I believe actually you know one of the first pieces I saw when I moved to the city uh, about five or six years ago uh, really speaks to some conditional conditional spaces. In New Orleans, but also has this artistic flair that that really, really uh, touches uh, the soul here. Uh, and then, obviously, the pieces on Poydras um, mm -hmm. speak to the fine arts conditions that we have um, and, and the value of, of the fine arts here in the city at, at large. Now, some of those pieces are not from artists directly in the city, mm -hmm. um, but but the ones that we do have from the city, Rachel David um, has produced a, a piece along Poydras. Uh, tremendous local artist who's up and up and coming and has done some some tremendous work um, and and uh, and the like. I think there's there's just such a, a wide vast array of beautiful pieces around the city. We're talking to Brian Lee, who's the director of Place and Civic Design for the Arts Council of New Orleans. Brian, you mentioned architecture, and I understand that you um, come to this position with a background in architecture. Can you tell us a little about it? Yes, certainly. So I moved to the city coming in for an AIA convention, which is the American Institute of Architects. Uh, and I did that uh, approximately five years ago. Um, but I fell in love with it. Uh, a lot of it had to do with how the arts interacted on a day-to-day -day level here. And I didn't realize that 
uh, to start. But what uh, what I what I really got out of it was one of the first projects that I actually worked on in the city uh, was uh, the Bell School at, at uh, Galvez, mm-hmm. and so that project actually was a, a relic of an old church and had a bunch of uh, graffiti and murals within it. And one of the, the things that I got out of that was uh, how do we translate the this ephemeral nature of the arts that, that exist within it mm-hmm. and translate that into the architectural elements. And so I, from, from the very get-go here in this city, uh, I had the opportunity to think uh, along both lines, and uh, that was really fantastic. Uh, and so I, I spent three years at SQ Dumez Ripple um, I, by my family firm here um, uh, here in New Orleans and uh, took, took the job at the Arts Council about a year and a half ago. Who are some of the architects that inspire you? Not just, I mean, not even necessarily focused on New Orleans, but I used to live in Seattle. And anyone who's been to Seattle for, you know, any period of time has been exposed to the, or has, has seen the Seattle Public Library, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite pieces of architecture yeah, the in the cool world. House, right, by yeah, Rem Coolhouse. Yeah. And um, when I grew so I live in Seattle for a minute, but even before that, I lived in Washington, D.C., not too far from Dulles Airport, where, of course, you have the yeah. Dulles Airport terminal with um, Serenin. So, yeah. you know, those are the two architects, Coolhouse and Serenin, who really capture my imagination. Who are your heroes of architecture? So I, I tend towards, um, you know, the Phil Freelons of the world. Um, so Phil Freelon started a firm out of North Carolina uh, for a long time, now just joined Perkins & Will as his, his firm got absorbed with things, Perkins & Will. But the design, the elegance of which they have produced cultural spaces has been tremendous uh, for me. And, and as, uh, as an African-American, uh, we, there are so few um, there are so few of us within the profession that when architecture speaks to the cultural needs of a, of a place, I, I'm excited about that. Um, so I like Tom Main uh, and Morphosis. David Ajay uh, out of, out of uh, London uh, done some, some fantastic work. Antoine Predock, who really speaks to kind of the earthly nature of architecture and its, its relationship to the, to the world uh, from a really rooted level. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful work. So, Brian, let's talk about what the Arts Council is, is up to. There are a lot of things that are going on with the Arts Council, and I um, took a minute yeah. and I looked some things up online. Um, but why don't you tell me um, what stands out? What do we need to know about what the Arts Council um, is currently involved in right now? Certainly. So the, the the first and foremost thing that we're working on is the Art in Place Forum. So the Art in Place Forums are a set of, of quarterly forum discussions that deal with art in relationship to one other thing, right? So art and place, art and race, art and architecture, um, so on and so forth. And so our, our job is to actually start to set art as a vital, inherent component to the way we live our daily lives. Um, so one of the things that I, I like to say is that architecture is the hardware to the software of this, this life, this social existence that we have. Mm-hmm. And art is the user interface. It's the thing that allows it allows us to understand it, um, for it to connect to our brains and our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, that is essentially what we look to do in these forums is to discuss and talk about how art relates to our everyday, uh, whether it's social or physical existence, we want to understand its relationship uh, and how it can play a bigger role. 
um, uh, or how we can understand it in a more broad way. Um, so that, that those forums not only have that discussion that, that happens quarterly, but we, we also purchase art from local artists uh, at each of these forums. And so, you know, uh, every three months, and, and for those artists out there who are listening, you know, please, please um, submit next time. Uh, essentially, we go ahead and, and purchase five to ten pieces uh, of local art from hmm. artists from around the city based on uh, uh, based on the themes that we're talking about, but but not necessarily, right? It, it, it can be a, a more broad-reaching conversation uh, in terms of the artwork, but that is that is a huge component of what we're doing. So there is a forum, and then we do do a direct purchase at every forum. Um, and then, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, yep. And then beyond that, we have the, the arts market that happens um, uh, every the, the the third, I believe, Saturday of every month, um, which is a fantastic. It's the it's the the, fine, the the best fine arts market here in the city. We've got um, you know month over month we have seventy five to a hundred, and sometimes in the, in the busy months one hundred and twenty um, of the best artists around the city putting their work out for display and and selling. And, and it's a beautiful environment. We have music out there. We've got kids stations. We've got. Uh, and it's run by some some fantastic people within the Arts Council. Uh, and beyond that, we run Luna Fett, which is I don't know if a lot of people know this, but uh, I don't, did you get a chance to go to to the the Luna Fett show um, this 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 in last year? I have not. Tell us more about it. Okay, yeah. So Luna Fett is is light up New Orleans art, and so Luna Fett uh, happened the first year at Lafayette Square. We lit up and uh, did a, a 3D projection mapping on Gallier Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about a 10-minute show, light show, where we, we had about 6,000 people over the course of a week show up, and uh, if not more, uh, to, to view this piece. And you can look it up online, Arts Council New Orleans, uh, artsneworleans.org. Uh, and then this past year, we expanded to uh, the Central City neighborhood and worked with Ashe uh, and a bunch of students from around the area to project onto the new Ashe building. Um, and that is going to continue next year as we look to expand further uh, around the Lafayette area and then some surprise areas around the city. But bigger and better, we're, we're advocating for artists here that do not only visual arts but do projection arts um, and light arts around the city. So we've got a lot of stuff on the docket, and, and I'll tell you, it's, it's all fantastic stuff. So the support is warranted. The support is, is appreciated. Uh, across the board. So, Brian, let me ask you this before I give out the information um, for the upcoming Art in Place um, event, which is actually going to be tomorrow. Let's say yep. I'm an artist and I want to approach you about obtaining a piece of artwork that pertains to uh, the particular theme that you're featuring at this event or future events. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we get in touch with you or get in touch with the appropriate person to make that happen? Certainly. So, we uh, the public art uh, public art at new artsneworleans.org is our universal public art response. So you can send that you can send a response you can send an inquiry to public art at artsneworleans.org, uh, and we will be able to get back to you on on all kinds of information. Uh, we're pretty responsive on this, and then outside of that, uh, our base our base phone line is five zero four. Five nine five one four six five, and so you can reach us there as well. 
Okay, and we're going to put that on our social media, on our Facebook and Twitter. Um, so after the show, if anybody missed that, they'll be able to have a look at it. I do want to tell the audience that uh, so tomorrow from 5.30 to 8 at the mezzanine level of the Dryads Public Market is where the um, Art in Place Talk and Direct Purchase event is going to go on. Um, if you want to learn more about it, we're also going to put the Facebook link to that event um, on our webpage as well, on our social media. And you can also go to www.artsneworleans.org for more information. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. That was Brian Lee, Director of Place and Civic Design for the Arts Council of New Orleans, and we thank him for, um, for appearing today. Definitely want to get out and check out that Art and Place Talk and Direct Purchase event. Uh, tomorrow from 5.30 to 8 at the Dryads Public Market. There's a lot of things going on at the Dryads Public Market that's um, worth your time, to say the least. And we're joined in studio right now by somebody who might know a little bit about that. We're talking um, now with Linda Pompa, who is the executive director of the O.C. Haley Merchants and Business Association. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I was um, I was looking online, and there is, as I see in front of me right here, just a plethora of things that are going on um, on OC Haley with the first Friday event. So before we go any further, um, can you tell our audience more about this um, event? We can certainly talk about some of the um, venues that are featured, but just the event in general. Um, can you tell us more about it? Sure. Um, well, um, we've been talking along the boulevard, um, various organizations and businesses, you know, for several months about wanting to do sort of an ongoing, um, you know, a, event or series of events to, you know, continue getting people over to the boulevard to check out what's going on and listen to some live music and all of the things that are going on. So we decided to launch this first Friday of the month. Um, sort of promotion um, where, you know, all of our uh, events and things going on on the boulevard are, are, you know, aligned for the first Friday. But it's also a way to just let people know how many things are going on in the neighborhood um, so that they'll come out on Saturday or Wednesday or, or whatever. They, they may um, not have been out there for a while and may not realize how many things are open and going on at all hours and so it's a way to kind of let people know about everything that's going on on a Friday evening and to come on over and check it out. So I've got this list right here in front of me, and you're going to see this list um, very shortly out there in the audience. We're going to post um, – actually, we're, we're going to post a link to this um, list of events for First Fridays. There's so many things going on. I mean, just Dryad's Public Market's having some drink specials and some – um, small plates until 10 p.m. Obviously, the Creative Alliance of New Orleans, Cano on the third floor at 1307 OC Haley is going to have Willie White exhibit. We're going to post a link to this to our social media, so you'll be able to see the whole um, just range of, of, of um, establishments that are having some cool things going on. Also, too, if you get the uh, latest copy of The Gambit, the May 3rd issue, uh, looks like page 43. You can see the same thing that we're going to post online for First Fridays. It's a full listing of events at uh, particular establishments, so we definitely encourage you to take advantage of that. And uh, since that time, we've added we've added more, even more, even more. So we have that on our uh, Facebook page um, and also on our website, which is ochaleyboulevard.org. How long have First Friday has been going on? How long have you guys been? This, this is the launch. This is the launch. This, this is, is the first one. So yes. you, 
And in terms of convincing various establishments to to come together and do this, it doesn't seem like it'd be a very difficult sell, or was it? Um, no, it wasn't a difficult sell. It's just a matter of getting it together right. and coordinating it and um, doing that kind of follow-up. But, no, everybody's excited about um, sort of putting the neighborhood out there as a destination with a lot of things to do. And that, that benefits um, everyone who's over on the boulevard and provides exposure for the organizations, nonprofits, businesses, and music venues over there. So let's talk about the O.C. Haley uh, Merchants and Business Association for a little bit. And certainly, I mean, you're no stranger to our audience. You've been on before. Um, but for those people that may not have heard about the association, what are some of the core priorities um, for what you're trying to accomplish through the association? Well, um, this uh, association has been around since the mid-90s, um, and this commercial quarter, which used to be called um, Dryad Street, was a big shopping district for, you know, 100 years. And um, so over, over the decades and all of that, there have been other merchants' associations in the past, uh, really strong, like in the 1920s. So um, when this organization was formed in the mid-90s, things were kind of grim over there in the neighborhood. There had been a lot of demolition of properties, not a lot of businesses open. And so when some nonprofits and businesses got together to launch this, it was um, an attempt to revitalize the neighborhood. And so um, the mission of the organization really is to strengthen the entities that are on the boulevard, whether it's um, – you know, uh, the Dryads YMCA, which has been there since 1905, wow. <laughs> all the way to a brand-new gallery that just opened two weeks ago. So there's a lot that's going on over on the boulevard, and we want to promote the neighborhood, get people over there, increase foot traffic for the businesses and organizations, and, you know, just create a stable uh, commercial district that hopefully meets the needs of both neighborhood residents, and also serves as a destination. We're talking to Linda Pompa, who is the executive director of the O.C. Haley Merchants and Business Association. Um, if you have a question or a comment about anything you've heard, you can call our talk line, which is 504-260-9265. And before I forget, Linda, I do want to let people know about how to reach you, um, how to reach the uh, Merchants Association on social media. They can go to Twitter, Twitter handle OC Haley BLVD for Boulevard. Um, they can go and actually reach you on Facebook too. If you search for OC Haley Emergence Association um, on Facebook, you'll be able to find that page. And you can also go to their website, which is OC Haley BLVD. Dot org. I'm just looking over these events. And actually, before I came on the air, I was talking to a friend and letting her know that I was interviewing you. And we were going down the list of things that were um, just looked incredible. I don't even know where to start. What? I, mean, let me, I, I hate to favor one business over another, and we're not. We're going to just feature. Just pick randomly. We're going we're to pick randomly. But just like, I'm just, just looking right here. Okay, so let's say you like tattoos. And I know several people that do. Auntie Gwen, if you're listening, um, stop listening for about 30 seconds. Um, New Orleans Tattoo Museum and Studio. Um, 1915 Martin Luther King Boulevard, open house with artists until 9 p.m. So if I were, you know, thinking about getting a tattoo, and if you're listening, you know who you are, um, you might want to check that out. I'll just pick out one more real quick. Brady's Wine Warehouse, Friday night flights. 
starting at $5 from 5 to 8 p.m. at 1029 O.C. Haley Boulevard. So there are so many um, from restaurants, um, tattoo shops, um, art galleries, things of that nature. We'll post this whole list um, on social media and give you a chance to take a look at it. Linda, your career includes experience as a nonprofit executive consultant and a business owner. I mean, for what you're doing as the executive director of a nonprofit, it seems like all of those um, bits of experience would seem um, particularly relevant. What do you think is the biggest challenge, per se, to um, getting O.C. Haley um, develop the way that you envision? What's the biggest challenge, whether it's political, whether it's social, whether there are other factors? What are the forces that kind of tend to inhibit um, the realization of the Emergency Association vision, if that makes sense? Um, it does. Um, there's not necessarily a lot that's inhibiting. Um, there, you know, there is um, concern and uh, discussion about you know, diversity in the neighborhood and trying to ensure that um, the corridor has, you know, some organizations, businesses, things that, that serve people in Central City because it is Central City's main street. Sure. And so, um, you know, with, with sort of the trends around the city, especially post-Katrina, with a lot of um, more, you know, high-end development, especially – you know we're we're uptown, and so there's a lot of other uptown quarters that have, you know, developed with a lot of r restaurants and and things like that, and are, are maybe not quite the the neighborhood serving place they were, you know, decades ago. Sure. So that's something where we're we're constantly you know working toward kind of a balance um, so that that the neighborhood has something for everyone and is welcoming to everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, as opposed to just being um, kind of redeveloped into a, a higher-end district, and I'm, I'm studiously avoiding the word gentrification. Yeah. But it is, you know, it is a concern because um, there are plenty of choices and places to go for people ha who have money and transportation. This is true. And so, um, you know, if we can try our, our best to keep it a diverse corridor, you know, that, that has a variety of price points and that is welcoming to everyone, that is our goal. So let's say I'm not a business owner. Um, let's say I don't have a business on O.C. Haley, but I live in and around the community. And I want to get more involved in these kinds of things that we're talking about because, you know, I care about my community. I care about um, the future of the community, that there's good jobs, that there are good um, options for entertainment. How can I get involved in supporting what you're trying to do? Well, um, we love to have everybody's involvement, and we have historically um, involved and welcomed residents from the neighborhood. So although it's, it's called a Merchants and, and Property Owners Association, mm -hmm. it really um, has been inclusive of everyone. And that, you know, we have a lot of nonprofit organizations on the boulevard, and a lot of, you know, people who live nearby. And so any of them are welcome um, to be a part of what we're doing. We have monthly meetings that are open to anyone who wants to come. Um, we're very active on social media and, um, you know, post information about all kinds of neighborhood goings-on. 
um, not just you know promoting the businesses. So sure. we're also a, a cultural district, and so we do a lot to um, promote the arts activities in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a part of it too. Oh, and certainly one way that people can be supportive, obviously, is to go and um, support these businesses as well. Um, just looking here at, at my notes here, my producer's notes, I see that uh, also in the past you um, worked as an executive for a national nonprofit in charge of helping lower-income families achieve economic self-sufficiency, and that's you know obviously a key part of, of uh, any neighborhood's development. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your um, organization maybe interacts with that issue? Do you have any initiatives, or do you do you work in partnership with any other um, organizations that deal with the issue of um, affordable housing, so that there can be people in and around um, the O.C. Haley Boulevard corridor that are able to, you know, obviously take part and and, um, and go to these types of businesses. Um, well, we do work hand in hand with all kinds of organizations working in Central City, sure. and that includes affordable housing developers um, and you know various organizations serving the community. So. In that sense, we're not a straight, uh, you know, business association. Um, we take a much more holistic approach, and um, the, you know, there there is a good amount of mixed income housing available, you know, in the neighborhood. But uh, you know, it, it is a concern. And in terms of the sort of workforce development issues, um, one of the one of the great ways that people can work towards economic self-sufficiency is through entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so an awful lot of what we do is to, is supporting the small businesses um, in the neighborhood. And, um, you know, while we don't do any formal work around um, workforce development, a lot of the key partners in our organization and along the boulevard especially work with youth on um, various types of career training and exposure to different careers. And we work really closely with them and promote what they're doing. What do you love the most about your job? When you, when you wake up in the morning and you, you, you have this opportunity to, to build this, this, this canvas, what do, you, what do you love the most about what you do? That's really tough because this is a this is a job where you wear a million different hats and and I'm fortunate enough that I've had in my background a lot of different types of experiences that that make this job um, fun and you know relatively easy to do because of the experience that I've had in the past. Um, I love working with the businesses and nonprofits in the corridor and doing things like this first Fridays. Um, you know, promotion to get people out to the neighborhood and get a diverse range of people um, coming out to the neighborhood and seeing seeing art, hearing music, and, you know, checking out everything that's that's available. So that's fun for me. I'm going to shout out your social media again because I want people to um, keep track of this stuff. I want them to go and visit uh, your webpage here so they can be aware of this information. Once again, the website for the O.C. Haley Merchants Association is uh, ochaleyblvd.org. Uh, um, if you look them up on Facebook, they are available at that uh, title, O.C. Haley Merchants Association, or their Twitter handle, O.C. Haley BLVD. Um, we are talking to Linda Pompa, who's the Executive Director of the O.C. Haley Merchants and Business Association. Uh, I want to shout out a couple of other businesses, too, and keep in mind we'll put this full list online. 
Charlie Boy, sidewalk sale and discounts until 7 p.m. at 2043 O.C. Haley Boulevard. Blue House at 1700 South Rampart Street. You can meet photographer Jose Cotto and see his colorful humanity exhibit until 8 p.m. Um, there's one in particular that caught my eye, and I think that people have, who have done this activity before uh, may have a sense as to why. The M. Francis Gallery at 1228 O.C. Haley Boulevard with their Passion to Paint, Simp, and Paint Party, which starts at 7 p.m., $35 a person. I like the idea just in general of having a glass of wine and, um, and painting, which is what that sounds like. So. It is a ton of fun, and it's a very, very popular activity. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, but, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in it, so I might check that out. Um, you know, when I was looking up the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, and, and this may be a question to ask them directly, but I saw that they were um, in the process of um, either changing their name or rebranding. Do you have any information on that you can share? Yeah. Um, they, um, the actual museum there on Aratha Castle Haley Boulevard is the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, and it has a focus on um, Southern cuisine and food history. Um, it, but the overall organization has done other activities, and, and their focus has become a little bit more broad. So they, they changed the name to the um, National Food and Beverage Foundation. And, in fact, they are going to have a make-your-own-pasta-in-the-kitchen um, uh, demonstration between 5 and 8 p.m. I mean, I like me some pasta. Yeah. Let's, let's, they, I mean, have, uh, they have an outstanding, fully equipped commercial demonstration kitchen where chefs come in and demonstrate. You can take classes. They have kids making, making food. And so this is an opportunity to literally make your own pasta from scratch. You know, if someone is particularly... Um, thoughtful in the way they time things out. They could do the pasta demonstration, um, say, from 5 to 6, and then they can go over, or 5 to 7, and they can go over to the M. Francis Gallery for that 7 p.m. paint and scent party. You could. You could have some pasta and wine and make that whole thing go well. I do want to mention, um, because I can hear Gene throwing a rock at me if I don't, uh, and I'll remind and expand that um, certainly the, the Creative Alliance of New Orleans on the third floor um, they're at the Dryads Public Market, will continue to um, exhibit the work of Willie White until 8 p.m. And uh, on this particular first Friday, they, uh, Kano is, in fact, going to give away a crossbody bag. And if you saw the newsletter that went out this morning, you can see two people modeling this very awesome bag. I need to ask Jean where mine is. I, didn't, I haven't gotten one. Have you gotten one yet? No, I have not. Gene mm, Nathan, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm going to have to have a conversation about this. Um, but we're going to post the uh, link to uh, that as well on our social media where you can see that. But the, the important news with that is that the first 10 people who um, come to the first Friday reception at the uh, Cano Creative Space from 6 to 8 p.m. will, in fact, receive totally free a canvas or, excuse me, a cross body bag. So you want to do that at 137, uh, 1307 Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. Linda, is there anything else that you want to add that we need to know about the wonderful things that O.C. Haley Merchants Business Association are doing? I mean, I can't do everything on this list. I wish I could. And I tell you what, we may sure try. I've got a friend who's a, a partner in crime who um, is going to uh, to help me attempt as many of these things as possible. I mean, goodness, Kermit Ruffins I just saw, People's Health New Orleans Jazz Market. Um, he's going to be there, have a happy hour from 5 to 8 p.m., and if you know, Cameron Ruffins knows how to do a happy hour, doesn't he? Indeed. 
And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a, a snapshot. There's a little bit more expanded information on our, our Facebook um, event page. Um, and we've also added some more activities um, since this went to press um, that, uh, that are available for people to take advantage of. That sounds awesome. We're going to get all these uh, all these uh, web links on our social media and on our Facebook page where everybody can see. I do want to expand. If you go to www.ochaleyblvd.org slash First Fridays, that will take you directly to the First Friday page. I'm telling you, there is a bunch of stuff going on. If you're finding yourself um, on Friday saying, I'm bored, there is no excuse Linda's shaking her head. There is no excuse. So no excuse. Go there out and is, you can do everything from seeing a film to listening to live music and having discounted drinks or seeing an exhibit, and you can potentially do all of these. You can, you know, <laughs> if you I, move fast. <laughs> I think maybe what y'all need to do, and and maybe in my own way, I'll do this on Friday. But maybe one of the things that that y'all need to do is to have something like a, um, I don't know, it would be a bingo card or what. But it's yeah, like, you know, we're, we we'd like to do that. We we ran out of um, time for for this one because I was out of town, but. Um, we are going to do sort of like a passport where where people can go from place to place and and get checked off and be entered to to win something like a gift certificate. Man, that okay. Sign me up for that if you guys do that. Will so, do. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And we're gonna, like I said again, uh, we will put all this stuff on social media um, at our. Um, um, at our, on our Twitter and our Facebook page so that people can be aware of these activities. And also, as well, as Linda pointed out, if you get the May 3rd issue of The Gambit, um, I believe it was on page 43, you can see a, um, a full menu, if you will, of all these activities you can do on First Friday, which is uh, the very first First Friday, this Friday on O.C. Haley Boulevard. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Linda Pompa, thank you so much for joining us. And now I understand that we have our next guest on the line, Jeanette Bone. Jeanette, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And uh, Jeanette is the owner of the Boyd Satellite Gallery, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about jamming on Julia. So the way this sets up, folks, is that you're going to go to O.C. Haley Boulevard on Friday. You're going to participate <laughs> in First Friday. You're going to do all the good things there, but after you're done with that, you're going to get a good night's rest, and you're going to drink your water. You're going to do whatever you need to do. So that way, um, come Saturday, you can go jamming on Julia. How's that sound, Jeanette? It sounds fantastic. And um, what a weekend. I mean, I, the, the Aretha Castle Haley, that's going to be quite an event, and it's their first one. that We are reinventing jamming on Julia. It was dormant for last year because of Easter. Um, we've brought it back to the first. Saturday in May, which is usually coincides with Jazz Fest, not this year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the momentum that the um, the OC Castle Haley builds up, we're going to um, hopefully benefit from some of that. Um, the Downtown Development District is kindly sponsoring the closure of the streets from um, the 300 to 600 block of Julia, so it'll be a pedestrian um, area. <clears throat> Hopefully the weather will be as wonderful as it is today. Oh, I hope so. And <laughs> we won't be having cash bars. There'll be, um, you know, the usual first Saturday beverages in the different galleries who are all putting on their best shows. So they will be open from 5 till 9. Um, we will have some street mu music. We will have um, various of the galleries will have 
different kinds of music from classical to hip hop yeah. um, along the street in the within the galleries. And there will be um, an after party at the Renaissance Arts Hotel, which is free. Um, there's a DJ, and there'll be um, appetizers served by the Legacy Kitchen there and um, a cash bar. Um, so it's a, an evening that will carry on from 5 till 9 on the street and in the galleries, and then from 9 till 11 over at the Renaissance Arts Hotel. So it should be quite a fun cultural event. Man, you're hitting all of the sweet spots here, Jeanette. I mean, from <laughs> classical to hip-hop. I mean, I, I mentioned at the top of the show <laughs> that uh, I uh, helped the uh, Birdfoot Festival as their marketing manager, and yeah. certainly you've been supportive of the Birdfoot Festival in the past. Tracy Sherry says hello, by the way. Um, oh, how wonderful. Get that out of the way before <laughs> I get into trouble. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it's, you know, a lot of cities... I'll just say this. I'm going to get in trouble with my friends that are listening um, or who are from Austin or who are listening in Austin, but it is what it is. You know, we hear that Austin is the live music capital of the world. Um, maybe I'm just ignorant. Maybe I missed it when I was in Austin, but uh, <laughs> I don't know too many places in Austin where you can go on a regular basis and get a full range of music from classical music to hip-hop. That sounds pretty amazing. Let me reset just for a second for the folks here so that I make sure they get the key information. So this Jammin' on Julia event is going to take place this Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m. And as Jeanette said, it's going to take place from the 300 through the 600 blocks of Julia Street. There are a number of galleries and museums and restaurants and just great cultural attractions that are participating in this event through the Arts District New Orleans. And uh, as I told Linda Pompa with regards to First Friday, um, we sent this information out through our newsletter to our listeners, and we're going to make sure that we post links on social media as well on our um, Twitter, which is at Crosstown Convos, C-O-N-V-O-S, and on our Facebook page. Um, if, you, if you look on Facebook, if you search for Crosstown Gene Nathan, J-E-A-N-N-E, Nathan, um, they're going to find this information, too. So we're going to make sure that folks have the full list of all the different galleries and restaurants and museums where they can go. Um, this is an embarrassment of riches. I mean, I don't even know, um, <laughs> quite frankly, where to start. I mean, between you and Linda Pompa, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a stroke trying to get to all these different events because there are so many fun things going on. Um, Jeanette, if we can backtrack just for a second here, you are the owner of the Boyd, Sa Boyd Satellite Gallery, yeah. um, in addition to your role as president of the Arts District um, New Orleans. Um, yeah. Take a second here and tell us what's going on at the Boyd. Um, well, we are keeping up a show that we um, that opened in April. It's, uh, it's called What's Going On, after the Marvin Gaye song, mm. based on the lyrics there. Um, there certainly are too many of us dying. Yes. And it's a, um, an homage also to Black Lives Matter. Um, we have a 12, 13 local artists who've contributed to this. They're all artists who have participated with gallery events and um, are somehow connected with the gallery previously. And we invited... Um, them to do work that would explore this theme. Um, so we have work directly relating to local incidents, um, through national incidents, through the national issue of the um, prison industrial complex. So mm. there are a number of different um, subjects being raised 
um, through the artist's work. Um, there we've got some photography, sculpture, video. Um, it's kind of a, a, an interesting show. It's a very thought-provoking show. The um, national and international visitors that have been coming to the city have been extremely positive about what um, the, the work and what it communicates to them. So um, it's not necessarily the kind of work that one would hang above one's couch, <laughs> perhaps. But it's socially conscious um, It's artwork. very socially conscious work, yes. I mean, some of it is quite beautiful. Some of it would be very well received in, in any living room, but um, it's not the, um, the weak of heart, some of the other um, exhibits. That is inf that's very interesting, and I have a number of friends who professionally um, work with issues of uh, mass incarceration. I certainly want to let them know about this. How can we find yeah. more information about the uh, What's Going On um, exhibit? And, re and repeat for us the, um, the dates where it will be exhibited so to make sure that our, um, our audience knows when to go. Right. Well, um, a number of the galleries within the Arts District uh, um, have mounted new shows, fresh work. Um, this show is staying up through the end of May, okay. and we will have a new show in June. Um, other um, galleries will, you know, their shows are probably just up for a month, and we'll be switching over again. It's kind of a... It's a hard life being a gallery, running a gallery, <laughs> I must admit. I believe that. <laughs> right, yeah. But no, it's, um, it's so the, the work, we're open Tuesday through um, Saturday, like all the galleries, from around 10, 10.30 until 5 or 6, or even later, quite a few of us stay here working. Um, and the... Um, what else was I going to say? You asked another question. Oh, the place to find out the yes, most information, information about it. Yes. Well, in terms of um, our gallery, we, we're not up to date enough on our website. So the Facebook page where we would love people to visit and like is just Boyd Satellite um, on Facebook. And then the um, Arts District Association, um, which we have been, I want people to come out and see the rebranding we've done. We've had a local talented graphic designer working with us to get a um, new logo, new fresh um, graphics. To, to And we're much more inclusive now. It's not the um, first, of course, when the Arts District was developing back in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. It was primarily um, the public presence um, was the, were the art galleries, even though there were so few at that time. We now have 19 member galleries. Um, we're embracing our neighbors, the different small businesses that have opened up in this area, the restaurants, so many star chef restaurants, some wonderful little cafes and bars. So we're trying to create a real identity for the Arts District. And we have um, a website, the Arts District North orleans.com um, that will have information on the jamming on julia as well um, and the different links to the different galleries so that you can explore what each gallery has to offer but um yes yeah, saturday night we will have some artists in the streets um one of our artists is providing the official new orleans selfie spot <laughs> <laughs> the, the official um, so New Orleans the, uh, selfie uh, spot. You know, it's a fun, um, interactive idea that there will be different 
different activities in the street for people to engage with as they promenade backwards and forwards. So it'll be uh, interactive. The galleries. So it'll be interactive. That's great to hear. Just, I mean, just looking at the list here, and, and, and again, we're going to give everybody that's on this list um, as participating, that's participating, we're going to give them their full due on our social media, just you know, yeah. emeralds, yeah. pash. I mean, who doesn't like pash? Come on. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Arthur Roger Gallery, um, Aunt Sally's Pralines. Let me stop right now because I'm getting hungry. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to, we're going to put the uh, full list of this, uh, online and just, and you've kind of hinted at this next question a little bit. Um, but again, I, I like it when people, um, understand clearly what different entities in the city are doing, um, to try to promote the city and to try to develop the city so that we have an informed populace. Um, can you tell us, uh, I guess, um, concisely what exactly it is, the, uh, what exactly is the purpose of the Arts District New Orleans? You've kind of hinted at it, but can you tell our audience um, a little bit more about what the Arts District's purpose is? Um, we had, we had, we've sort of shifted our idea of marketing from the local. We figure that most of the local people here actually are aware that there is an arts district and that there's a, a, a serious concentration of fine contemporary art galleries in one very walkable, um, pleasant district. It's come to our attention, you know, over the years with, as, at New Orleans um, is such a, a, a tourist attraction that so many people discover Julia Street, and they're just delighted. Um, I mean, the arts district per se, because we certainly we've got um, major museums here which aren't on Julia Street, but they're right. within the arts district, and it's just um, so we're being much more national and international in our outreach to bring more informed, educated people here. Um, to discover the fact that they can, you know, the art galleries here, we're not snobby like, you know, the New York galleries can be. We're right. only too happy to welcome people and discuss the art, discuss, um, you know, many times I we laugh together with the galleries. We're very much like concierges. They People come in, they enjoy the art, they get to talk, they ask for recommendations, where to eat, where to drink. Mm-hmm. You know what other what else is going on in the neighborhood so um it's a, that's the goal of the arts district now is to really broaden the reach of the wonderful things that are happening here i mean it's a very different architectural experience from being in the um, French Quarter, but it's a, an extremely wonderful architectural experience at the same time. Um, you know, Houston has a wonderful arts scene, but mm-hmm. you really commute from one kind of suburban place to another. Right. Um, it's not as pleasant to walk through an experience as, as we are, so we're really hoping to get that message across. In general, New Orleans is is wonderful for promoting its culture, um, its music, and its food. But um, we've realized that the city isn't doing much for the arts. Um, so it's up to us to really band together and add the um, quality, the world class quality of our artists into that mix. That's a very important message. And if Jean was here. If Gina were here, she would definitely echo that. And I, I, yes. the thing that, that really stood out for me uh, in what you were saying there is the importance of making sure that uh, art is inclusive, that art is being presented as being inclusive and welcoming because that doesn't always happen. That's certainly right. something um, with the work that we do at the Birdfoot Festival. We're always 
continually stressing to um, our target audiences that you know that music is for everybody. Chamber music, classical music, it's for everybody, and everybody should be welcome to enjoy it and to learn about it. Um, you know, you, I can easily see um, when I visit the. Um, Jamin and Julia on Saturday, I might walk into one of the galleries and be exposed to something that I, I really am not knowledgeable about. So understanding that I can uh, you know, ask questions and explore and not have to worry about uh, getting any attitude, right. that's, um, that's great to hear. You know, you mentioned architecture. We had uh, Brian Lee on yes, the line earlier. I was listening. I'm yes. going <laughs> to ask him the same question that I asked you, and I only ask this, but it's, it's for selfish reasons, really, because one of the things I told myself I was going to do this year um, was get more into um, learning about the basics of architecture, not because I want to be an architect per se, but because I, you know, obviously appreciate different forms of art. And uh, as you heard me say earlier on, uh, you know, Serenin and Coolhouse were the two artists that from a very young age kind of captured my imagination. Who are some of your favorite architects? That's what I want to know because I want to go and get some books about them. Well, it was funny because uh, the, uh, several that he mentioned are, of course, uh, you know, like David Dodage is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Coolhouse is, is fascinating. Um, I have always really um, ex- loved <coughs> following Shigeru Ban from Japan, who, uh, you know, I've, he first came to my attention because he was doing innovatory um emergency housing, you know, following the earthquakes in Japan with paper architecture. Wow. Um, and so he's done some really beautiful, um, some beautiful work with, with that, mainly the, his smaller projects. Um, oftentimes you see architects who are really adept at doing small works. It's tough to, when you supersize them, um, and maybe vice versa. I haven't really studied that. But, sure. yeah, Shigeru Ban's worth looking at. And then we have some fabulous local architects. Um, more and more, when I was practicing, I'm trained as an architect and taught at Tulane for um, a couple of decades. Right. And the teaching for me was a relief back in the, you know, late 80s, 90s, when it was such a struggle to get contemporary architecture valued in New Orleans. Um, I mean, one can understand why when you look at the quality of the existing architecture. But, you know, it's it, it's really kind of um, hypocritical to, you know, keep reproducing the um, old architecture that was built as it was for certain reasons, and we could go into all of that. But there is some wonderful new architecture um, being um, developed now, um, you know, Wayne Troyer, WTA Architects, has, has been doing some phenomenal work. Um, I just had a visit from someone from the um, Jonathan Tate studio. They've been mm-hmm. doing amazing things. Lead Lead Better. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some really, really top quality work locally um, that I think people are, are experiencing. You know, it's that feeling when you walk past something and um, it feels comfortable as opposed to thinking, oh, my goodness, I want to move further on from here. So um, like the Ace Hotel that's just opened on Crondelet Street, I mean, that's a, a really high-quality renovation. So we're, we're lucky we're, with all this new kind of um, energy pouring into New Orleans, mm-hmm. along with some of the negative effects that, you know, I, I heard the... Um, Linda, you know, mentioned 
gentrification in the lower term because that does have throughout history in all different cities that is always loaded with complication uh, there's right. no doubt about it the displacement of people who you know really built the neighborhood by people who recognize its attraction and kind of shove them out and that, that's that's not just a new orleans problem that's a global problem absolutely but, but at the same time you know we are um there's some tremendous benefits from some of this new life we had so many abandoned buildings so many you know blighted buildings that are now being revisited and reinterpreted and and that's a you just look at the hotels going up around here it's amazing right did i hate um, to cut you off we're going to run out of time very shortly but i do want to make sure that i get that information back out to folks um boyd satellite if folks look up boyd satellite on facebook um that's how they can get some more information about yes. um what's going on um, which we talked about earlier, and if they go to, um, if they go to, um, remind me again the the best way to get information about the the first uh, about the Jammin' on Julia. Actually, you know the best way to do it is we're going to put it on our um, social media <laughs> at Crosstown Convos on Twitter and at Crosstown G Nathan on Facebook. That's how we're going to get them that information to make sure um, yeah. that they. Uh, have that information and that they can, you know, see me out there um, going to all 900 of these wonderful locations. It, it looks like it's going to be so much fun. So um, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us about that. That's going to be Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m., the 300 through 600 blocks of Julia Street in the Warehouse District. So, Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you very much for including us on the program. It's going to be a fun weekend all around. Absolutely well. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have today for Crosstown Conversations. This was producer Kristoff. Hopefully I haven't burned the studio down. Gene Nathan will be back um, next week. I do want to give a shout-out to Brian Lee of the Arts Council of New Orleans. Linda Pompa of the O.C. Haley Merchants Association. Go out to First Friday on O.C. Haley. And Jeanette Bone, the owner of the Boyd Satellite um, Gallery. Everybody, go enjoy Jammin' on Julia. Next week, we're going to have Jenna Sherry, who is the artistic director of the Birdfoot Festival, to talk about the wonderful Chamber Music Festival here in New Orleans. If you want to get more information, go to thisismymusic.org.